Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. All right, John chapter 18, let's get to it. (laughs) And it says, after saying these things, Jesus crossed to Kidron Valley with his disciples And he entered a grove of olive trees, and Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. Look at your person next to you. It's already getting good. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and the temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches and lanterns and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove And Jesus, fully realizing all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. And Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas Judas, who betrayed him was standing with them. And as Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more, he asked, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus, the Nazarene. I told you that I am he. Jesus said, and and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. He did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Peter, then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus. Someone shout Malchus. The high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into your sheath. Shall I not, or sheath, shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? I want to leapfrog real quick to Luke chapter 22. And this is another account. But I like what this uh, other account incorporates as well. It says, when the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they, ex- they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. <laughs> These guys were gangsters. I mean, they were disciples, but they were gangsters. They didn't, they didn't play no game. Like, God, we, we got the swords on us. We pack it. And one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off the right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for an amazing opportunity that we have to unpack your word and to share, oh God, uh, for these next brief moments, God. I pray, Lord, that this word may be much greater than just information being passed on, shared, or being disseminated, oh God, but this may be a word that is life-changing, a word that is life-transforming, oh God. I thank you for the amazing opportunity to pastor such an amazing church in Staten Island, New York, oh God. I thank you that I'm married to the most wonderful woman on the planet, and I have the sexiest drummer on earth, I'm just saying. He paid me to say that. He paid me to say that. Amen. How many, how many can thank God for our drummer, though, okay? Despite what he looks like. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I want to ask you a question. Has, has anybody here uh, 
ever been jumped? Have you ever been jumped? See, and, and, and I, that's what I thought. Like, this doesn't, this is not a common occurrence with most human beings. Like, have you ever been jumped? I have been jumped three times in my life. And I know what you're thinking. You're saying, oh, Pastor Rowe, that must have been when you were living in Brooklyn. And, and no, it wasn't when <laughs> I was living in Brooklyn. In fact, uh, actually, Brooklyn has a thing called shooting the fair one. It's safe, okay? Staten Island. I moved to Staten Island. And as a teenager, I actually jumped about three times in my life. Would you imagine this handsome young man getting jumped? Could you, like, like, why? Right? Like, why would you want to jump this guy, right? So I've gotten jumped. One time it was at the St. George Shelter, okay? It was at the St. George Shelter. That was one time. If that wasn't enough, right? Then I also got jumped. Uh, you guys have heard this time. So I got, I got a, a, just a plethora of stories concerning me getting jumped, right? And one of them was when I was going to my friend's house to shoot a movie. Back in the day, we didn't have phones. We were actually shooting with a camcorder and thought that we, pro we were professional videographers, right? And so another time, are you ready for this? I was in the back of IS-79, okay? Now, at first, Santo, <laughs> that's true. Let me get that. No, I need that. <sighs> One time, I was playing basketball. Any bull? Anybody play basketball in the house? Four people. All right. We need to get athletic church in here. And so we were playing basketball, and in one of those occurrences, I, I, I promise you this is going to sound so weird, but it is the absolute truth. I was playing basketball in the courts of IS-79, and uh, it's actually across the street from the Stapleton Projects, and I was playing ball there, and uh, what I saw was a group of kids, maybe about uh, what, I, what seemed to me about 25 kids, okay? Now, there might have been five, but in my eyes, they looked like 25, all right? So it was about 25 kids who came, and they started throwing nails at us. Like, like what? Like, nails? Really? <laughs> yes, nails. They were throwing nails. I, it looks like they were doing construction in the area, and they found hammers and nails, and they were throwing nails at us while we were playing basketball. Now, uh, uh, they, they were actually, none of those nails ever hit me, but they actually hit my friend, right? So they were hitting my friend. Now, my friend, he says, uh, guys, I'm going to go. And so I see my friend leave, and as my friend is leaving, I say, you know what? I'm going to go with him because I don't want him to get jumped. Someone say jumped. So when I go, right, check this out. I go, I go to follow him, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go save this guy, all right? Well, I'm, I'm going to go do Brazilian jiu-jitsu on these guys if they mess with my friend, right? That's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to have to, you know, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. At that time, I thought I was from Brooklyn, so I was ready to, you know, throw it down. You know what I mean? Right? I was ready to, I just saw the, the Karate Kid movie. I was ready to go in. And so they go, they, they, they follow my friend, and my friend is like, uh, I, I tell my friend, hey, 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 slow down. He's like, nah, they're going to jump us. And I was like, hey, I think you and I could take them. I was raised with four brothers. I beat up my brother all the time. I got this. How many thank God for little brothers that you could beat up, right? Amen? Except when they grow up and they're six foot four and then they try to tap you out. I don't know. Um, so I tell him, I say, hey, man, we could take these guys. It's me and you. We're a little bit bigger. I think we could take these guys. And guess what these guys do, right? 
they, they come towards us, and my friend says, no, and he starts running. It's a true story, I ain't lying. He starts running, he says, no, I gotta go do my homework. And he left me, and I got jumped and beat up by a bunch of junior high school kids, all right? Now, granted, I was in junior high school as well, but I got jumped and beat out by about 20 kids. They cracked a bottle on my head. You probably think that's why my head is so swollen right now, but the reality is that I really got, I really got hurt, and I, and I got cracked with a bottle, and, and, and I'm thinking about this story because Again, I mean, many of us don't have the privilege and honor of getting jumped, right? <laughs> but uh, I've gotten jumped three times. And you know what I've realized? One thing that never happened when I got jumped, no one from the opposing squad came to help me. Like when I got cracked with the bottle, no one said, okay, time out, time out, time out. He got, oh, he's bleeding, he's bleeding. Let's help this guy out. Why? Because when, when you are in a fight, you don't get helped. Right? The guy that is trying to punch your face in is not looking to help you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? He's not looking to help you. Now, when I read this passage, I can't help to think like Jesus doesn't know how this thing works. Because you have a bunch of guys coming at him with weapons, with torches, and with lanterns, and they're about to arrest him, they're about to beat him up, and you know what Jesus does in the middle of it? One of the guys get their ear cut off, and Jesus says, hold on a second, let me help this guy out. Like, I don't know about you, but if I'm, if I'm in that, I'm like, Jesus, I need to talk to you for a second. Come here, come here. No, they, they're not coming here to sing praise and worship. Yeah, not Jesus, you don't put ears back on people's heads when they're coming at us with swords. Like, that's not the way this works. You take out your sword, and you get ready to fight. Anybody ever been in a fight? Right? Someone too many, right? It's been too many. <laughs> you don't help the other team out. This is not the way this works. You don't just come and put an ear on your enemy who is trying to hurt you. But what I love about this is that you see Jesus is even able to see his enemies with the eyes of grace. Like, I can't see my enemies with the eyes of grace. I'm like, nah, you coming at me with a sword, I'm coming at you with a bazooka. And I'm not talking about gum. Right? That's just, that's just common sense. If you're going to come at me, I'm going to come at you. That's just, that's just the way human nature is. But Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus sees people coming at them with swords. And though, even those in his squad cuts their ears off. And Jesus says, put your sword away. Let them come with swords. And he takes the ear and he restores it back to wholeness. Like, why would you want to do that to an enemy? Because Jesus is able to see things completely different because he sees even people that are his enemies with the eyes of grace. 
I love this because many times we see our enemies and we don't see them with those same eyes. We see our enemies uh, and we're ready to fight if they're ready to fight. But Jesus, one thing I love about Jesus is that he is able to not only see those that are rejected, those that are, are outcasts, those that have been ostracized, those have been put away. He doesn't just extend grace to them. He extends grace even to his enemies. And I don't know about you, but if you read my Bible and I read, if we read the Bible, the Bible says that we were once enemies of God. And while we were still enemies, he came and he restored a relationship with God. Woo! I I thank God because God didn't wait for us to become friends before restoring us. Look what Romans says. Romans 5 Romans 5, and since we were what? What were we? We were his enemies. We were brought back to God by the death of his son. What a blessing he must have for us now that we are his what? Friends. God didn't wait for you to become his BFF before restoring your life. He said, I'm going to restore your life while you're trying to destroy him, while you're attacking him, while you're going against him, while you're doing the things that he doesn't want you to do. He says, I'm going to draw you near to me. He says, I'm going to take my enemies and I'm going to bring them closer to me and I'm going to restore them with a relationship with my father. If you believe that, give God some praise all over this house. look at Malchus and I say you know Jesus why are we why are we helping Malchus out and I think it's because Jesus is able to see something through the eyes of grace that human nature is not doesn't permit us to see see I wonder if Jesus was able to see something that Peter wasn't able to see see Peter is ready to go to war Peter is ready to go to battle Peter is ready to cut people's heads off because let's be honest, he wasn't aiming for his ear. He was ready to cut off his head, wasn't he? He was ready to put this guy six feet deep, wasn't he? And all in the name of God. But Jesus says, no, if you would only see them through the eyes of grace, you would understand that these enemies are not permitted in my life to defeat me. They are permitted in my life to increase me. That was a good time to shout amen right there. Uh, You see, many times we get so stuck on the enemies that come in our life, but sometimes that the sometimes what God is trying to do in your life doesn't come packaged in the form of a prophetic word. Sometimes what God is trying to do in your life doesn't come packaged in the form of a mentor. Sometimes uh, what God is trying to do in your life does not come in the form of a friend. Sometimes what God is trying to do in your life comes packaged nice and tight in the form of an enemy. See, see, God allows enemies in your life, and many times we're like, oh God, I rebuke the devil, and you think that the enemy is there to destroy you, but God doesn't send an enemy to destroy you. He sends, he allows an enemy in your life to promote you, (laughs) And, and we get stuck on the enemy because we're seeing them with eyes that say they're coming to destroy me. But if we would see them with the eyes of grace, we wouldn't trip on the same enemy over and over. We would allow them to be part of the story that God is writing in our life. Woo! 
See, 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 many times we get so hung up on adversaries and we get so hung up on enemies that are come into our life and sometimes they come in form of betrayal. Sometimes they come in the form of an ex-girlfriend. Sometimes they come in the form of, 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 of someone at work that's talking about you. Sometimes they come in the form even of Jesus' followers. Sometimes they come in the form of people that are trying to put dirt on your name. But guess what? Let them be let them live in the story that God is trying to paint in your life and don't let them take up all of your story. See, the only way they can take up all of your story is if you get tripped up about it and you see them as an enemy. But when I look at someone that's coming against me, I'm not going to look at him as an enemy. I'm going to look at him as an elevator. See, grace says, come on, church. If you're going to clap, you can clap better than that. Come on, church. Let me give me no half clap. Give me a fook. Grace says, I don't see enemies. I see elevators. <laughs> I don't see enemies. I see elevators. You see? You see, because next time someone comes in your life and, and you think he's meant to destroy you and you think it's the devil looking to destroy your life, man, I'm, I'm here to tell you that God would allow an enemy in your life to bring you to where he wants you in your life. If you were to talk to David, David would say, I was nothing but a shepherd boy. But man, God sent me Goliath. And when God sent me Goliath, I got promoted to my throne. If you were to ask Moses, Moses would say, hey, listen, man, uh, I thought Pharaoh was going to destroy me. But in fact, Pharaoh was placed in my life so that when we leave Egypt, we leave with some cheddar. We leave with some money. We leave blessed out of Egypt. You see, you think Pharaoh is meant to destroy you but he's only meant to elevate you to that place that God wants in your life. If you ask Jesus, Jesus say, yeah, I needed Judas. What? I needed Judas. Because if Judas never betrayed me, that would have never fulfilled my destiny. <laughs> let them take, let them occupy that peace in your life that God is trying to bring to the surface in your life. There's places that God wants to take you. There's things that God wants to do for you. And it's not going to be packaged in the form of a mentor. It's going to be packaged in the form of an enemy. Because I thank God sometimes if it wasn't for enemies in my life, I wouldn't have prayed harder. If it wasn't enemies, oh, I feel like preaching today. If it wasn't for enemies in my life, I wouldn't have reached further. If it wasn't for enemy uh, in my life, I wouldn't have worked harder. If it wasn't for certain enemies, I wouldn't have gone much deeper, but I thank God. Some of you guys need to call up some ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends and say thank you very much. Man, because you thought you were going to destroy my life. But if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have trusted God. I wouldn't have loved on him. I wouldn't have reached him that further. I wouldn't have gone to church that more often. Come on, church. I need to, you need to write some thank you notes here today. Hace calor, hace calor. See, enemies, God will use an enemy in your life to deal with something in your life that he's been trying to deal with for a while. And an enemy will only prepare you for the place that God has for you when he promotes you. See, oftentimes we allow enemies to be stumbling blocks and we trip over the same stumbling block every time. But an enemy is not really a stumbling block. It is a stepping stone to where God wants to take you. That's why God says you can 
love your enemies. I want to love my enemies because every time I see one, I see, okay, God, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to take me to that next place with you. Come on, church. Woo! I see, oh, they talking about me. I see what you're trying to do. Oh, they left me. I see what you're trying to do. You're not an enemy. You're an elevator. The Bible says that you put the enemies by, uh, as your footstool. That means that they're going to take you to places that maybe friends would not take you. God could do it. God could send a friend to promote you. God could send a mentor to promote you. God could give you a prophetic word to promote you. But he says they're not going to bring stuff that's inside of you that needs to come out and needs to go before you are promoted. I need to see if I can trust you with people that don't like you. I feel like preaching. I'm preaching better than you amen right now. Huh. I say enemy, there's a person right now that pops through your head. Look, your face is all changed. You see that? Pastor Rowe, I don't want to think about him. I don't want to think about my baby mama, my baby daddy. I refuse to let an enemy make me bitter. When I see an enemy, I got my Denzel laugh going on. When I see an enemy come in my life, <laughs> my elevator. <laughs> That's my elevator. Someone shout elevator in the house. Could love your enemies through the eyes of grace. I, I'll be honest, I think Jesus loved Malchus. Malchus seems like an insignificant character in the Bible, in the biblical narrative, but there's so much that we can extract from the exchange that they had between the disciples and Jesus. There's so much grace that we can pull out of this text. And what we see is that Jesus extends grace even to those that are opposing him. One thing I love about Jesus, have you ever heard of the scripture that says, um, this is how they will know that you are my disciples, by the way you love one another. Have you ever heard of that scripture? Have you heard of that scripture? That scripture is Jesus speaking. He says, this, he says these words immediately after Judas walks out the door and betrays him. Yeah, miss that right now. You're going to get that on the way home. Judas goes out to betray Jesus, and he says, this is how the world is going to know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. In other words, I love even the man that's walking out right now committing betrayal on my name. See, grace allows you to see things so differently. When you, look at, when you look at people through the eyes of grace, you begin to see things differently. In this situation, what you see is, I, grace says this, number two, write this down if you're taking notes or somebody could Facebook this. Grace says, number two, I don't see obstacles, I see opportunities. Write that down. I'll, I'll give you a few moments to let it marinate. I don't see obstacles, I see opportunities. Look what John 18 says. It says, Now with blazing torches and lanterns and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove, and Jesus fully realizing all this was going to happen, so he stepped forward to meet him. What did Jesus do? He stepped forward to meet him. Meet them. 
Who are you looking for? They say, Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus replies. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. Verse 6. As Jesus said, I am he, they all what? They all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked, who are, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene, and I told you that I am he. And Jesus said, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these other, others go. And he did this to fulfill his own statement. He did not lose a single one of those you have given. What does it continue to say? You have given me. In other words, he's saying, he's saying, listen, even when you come, even when people come with opposition, even when you're faith, faced with obstacle, every obstacle that is placed path is meant to be an opportunity to trust God. You know what the Bible goes on to say? The Bible goes on to say that, that Peter, watch this, pick, look at the scene. They're looking for Jesus. They say, Jesus says, who are you looking for? Malchus is the head of the, on the, he's at the head of the line. He's coming towards Jesus. It's an obstacle before Jesus. And Jesus says, I am he. The Bible says that they fall back flat on their backs. You know what's the very, sec, the very next thing that Peter does? He says, I'm ready to cut these guys up. Wait, 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 what? What do you mean? Like, uh, Jesus with one word threw them on their backs. And Peter, witnessing what Jesus has just done, says, I still want to put it in my hands. Is this not human nature? Is it human nature that we would see what God does and still want to put things back in our hands? Isn't it human nature? How oftentimes have we seen the hand of God in our lives over and over again? And we have seen him uh, uh, overcome our obstacles and we still say, hold on, I got a sword. I want in on this. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I see a guy slay people with his words, I'm getting behind Jesus. That's right. I'm that guy. I'm just. That's right. He said he was he. Ha! Nah, Peter's like, no, I want in on this too. And, and, and you're trying to accomplish in your life with strenuous work what God could accomplish in your life with one work, one word. He says, I am he, and his enemies fall flat to their backs. And Peter's still taking out a sword, and he's ready to go to work. What with one word, God has already slayed them all. And sometimes, you know, we come to church and we fellowship and, and we're like, oh, God. we see what God does and we see God people, heal people and we see God restore marriages and we see God do the miraculous. And, and when we leave this place, we're, we're ready to put things back in our hands. It's like we know God is there, but we function as if God was not there. Have you, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? Like, have you ever, have you ever lost your keys, but you had them the whole time? Like, I, I remember one time that I, I couldn't leave my house because the lock that we had during that time, the lock that we had during that time, um, you had to lock it when you walked out the house. So I couldn't leave the house because then I could not lock my door because I couldn't have my keys. And I thought that my wife 
took my keys, right? So, you know, I, I rebuked her and I was just like, how dare you take my keys? And she's, you know, and I was just, and I remember I went crazy just looking for them and, and I could not find them and I stood the whole day home and I couldn't leave my house and I stood there, come to think about it, I had them the whole time. And I just thought that this is a picture of how sometimes we function with God. It's like he's there the whole time, but we still operate and function as if he's not there. <laughs> Am I preaching to anybody here? I'm just saying, like, uh, we're, 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 we're losing our mind, and we're trying to, trying to function, and we see what God does, and we see the hand of God, and we see all that he overcomes, and we see that all the miracles, and then we're like, no, God, I still want to put it in my hands. I still want to do this and, and 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 God has saved your marriage before and God saved your marriage before he'll save it again God delivered you uh, God uh, uh, gave you a financial breakthrough and and now the second time comes around and you want to put things back in your hands instead of trusting God I want to I want to give you three things that three things that that you will consider Opp opportunity for what every time I get an obstacle is an opportunity for what Write these three things down. Every time an obstacle is in your life or obstacle arises in your life, you have three things you can do every opportunity you have. Number one, you have an opportunity to trust God. Am I going to allow this obstacle to impede me from where God wants me or am I going to look at this obstacle as an opportunity to trust in God? Am I going to look at this as an opportunity where I can say, okay, okay, Right now, it doesn't seem like financially we can do this. But I'm not going to look at it as an obstacle. I'm going to look at it as an opportunity to trust God. You know, right now, it looks like my marriage is in shambles. And it looks like my relationship is in, it's not going to work. But I'm going to look at this as an opportunity. Not as an obstacle, but as an opportunity to trust in God. You have an opportunity to grow and bear fruit. We have an opportunity to grow and bear fruit. Guess what? We are all connected to the vine. Amen? But there are some of us that are connected to the vine, and there are seasons that God has allowed in our lives and obstacles that have been placed in our path so that we can bear much fruit. But we see it as an obstacle, and it prevents us from get it, getting where we need to be, rather than an opportunity to trust in God and to bear fruit. Yeah, yeah, they curse me out, and I feel like smacking them. You know I'm not the only one here. Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Yeah, 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 they cut me off in traffic. Yeah, they took my parking spot, but I'm about to grow. Ooh. Hold that right there. I'm about to grow. Hold on. Yeah, they lied about you. Yeah, they said things that have hurt you. Recently, I've experienced some things that were said that just hurtful. Am I going to stop it from getting where God wants me to be? Or am I going to look at it and say, 
God wants me to grow. God wants me to bear fruit. What fruit? He wants me to bear fruit in love. He wants me to bear fruit in kindness. He wants me to bear fruit in holding my peace. He wants me to bear fruit in trusting in him. Man, I I think we would live a whole different kind of life if we saw the obstacles that were placed in, oh, okay, it's an opportunity to trust in God. I remember when I worked for Time Warner Cable. Time Warner Cable in the house. I worked for Time Water Cable, and I remember that I went for a promotion. Are we on time? Are we good? Um, I, went for, I went for a promotion, and I felt like God was saying that you are going to get this promotion. And I remember, I don't remember how much I was making at the time, uh, but I was making okay money, and uh, I thought this promotion was going to take me to where I needed to be financially and the goals that I wanted to meet financially. And I said, okay, I'm going to go for this promotion. And, and you know, uh, our family believes very in, in, in tithing and giving and being generous to God and the church and we believe very uh, uh, it's one of our, our core values is generosity and I remember uh, just thinking like you know things were getting tough financially and I said I'm going to go for this promotion and, and, and I, if I get this promotion man it's going to be awesome because I'm going to I'm going to go up a pay grade so I'm going to be okay and, and I remember I was qualified for this promotion. I was doing uh, everything that I needed to do as an employee to get this promotion. I went to the interview. The interview went well. Everything went good. And guess what? After the interview, they told, they offered, uh, they, they, they said, we'll, we'll, we'll get in touch. And said, I, I said to myself, I said, okay, so I hope that's a good thing, right? So I go back and I felt like God was saying, hey, this is yours. This is your job. You're going to get this promotion. So I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to get a promotion. This is awesome, right? Um, and uh, I see somebody else get promoted. What happened here? And I'm just like, God, uh, when you said I was gonna get the promotion, like, were you, did I, did I not fast enough? Like, did I not? Two weeks later, the company, the company says we need to raise our, our, our employees' salary by $2 because they're be- below what the, 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 the company uh, is worth or something like that. I don't know. I just know I was getting a $2 raise, right? So I get a $2 raise, right? Now, I don't know if you know, but $2 is a lot of money right now. And back then, it was more money. This was like in 2005, 2006, right? And, I'm, and, I, and I got a $2 raise. Now, the promotion would have given me 20% of the salary that I currently had. Okay? Now I said, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to believe in God. Two weeks later, the company says, hey, we want to raise everybody's pay grade. You're going to get a $2 raise. So now I go making $2 more. One week later, one of the people in that position resigned. Guess who got the promotion? That's right. This guy. And here's my thought. See, if I would have gotten the promotion based upon the salary that I got, I would have made less than the $2. But I didn't just get a $2 promotion. I got a $2 promotion, and then I got 20% increase based upon now the $2 promotion. I'm telling you, when God puts an obstacle in your life, it's not to set you back. It's to set you up to where he wants to take you. I don't know about you, but I serve a God that is not looking to destroy you, but he's looking to promote you. I I would hate that. 
we would look at these obstacles and allow them. Sometimes we, we're like, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. The first obstacle that we see in our way, we just, ah, I guess it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. No, it's not an obstacle. This is an opportunity for you to trust God. There's an opportunity for you to grow and bear fruit. And it's an opportunity for you to extend love to others. In other words, it, it's an opportunity for you to make a difference even in someone else's life. And I'm not going to let this obstacle destroy me. But when I see the reason that I can share this story, it's not because I'm Superman, even though I'm as good looking as he is. The reason that I can share this story is because I looked at the opportunity, the obstacle as an opportunity. And I looked at the situation and allowed, allowed it to make me grow and allow me now to love on others and serve others based upon the trust and the growth that I had because of this experience. Number three, and we're done. I want you to write this down. Grace says, I don't see a predicament. I see purpose. I don't see a predicament, I see purpose. Jesus, and Jesus was in a class by himself as well, you know, he, he looks at Peter when Peter comes with this sword and he cuts this guy's ear off. I mean, could you imagine? Like this guy just, like he was a gangster. This guy came with a sword and he, and trust me, he was not trying to cut an incision in his ear. He was trying to take this man's head off. And what Jesus does, look what, he, look what Jesus says to him in Matthew chapter 26. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword and struck the high priest, the high priest's slave, which is Malchus, slashing off his ear. Look, look, Jesus has said, look at his response. He says, put away your sword. Jesus told him, those who use the sword will die by the sword. Now, I love verse 53. He says, and I can see Jesus just kind of like, you know, getting real Pentecostal on him. He said, Yo, don't you just realize if I wanted to, I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us. And he would send him instantly. What, what do you mean, Pastor? You see, Jesus understood that his predicament had purpose. And you don't need to pray for, for you to be delivered from certain predicaments if they're, God, if they're part of what God's purpose is for your life. See, many times we get so caught up and we start praying to God to deliver us from the very thing he's trying to do in our lives. Oh, my God. I'm preaching to somebody today. He says, don't you get it? Like, if I wanted to, I, I don't need you to cut people's ears off. I could have legions of angels to come, and they'll protect us, Peter. Don't you get it? But this is not a predicament. You're seeing it as a predicament. But I see purpose wrapped up all in this. Don't you understand that I need to be taken so that I can set you free, Peter? Don't you understand that this needs to happen so that I can fulfill God's plan for my life? I can picture so, sometimes, like, I, I've been there. I've, I've been at the place where I'm like, God, why me? Like, God, why me? But don't you know I love you? 
Don't you, God, I fast. God, I passed your kuhau, come on. Right? Like, have you ever brought God your resume? Like, God, come on, I was part of the Royal Rangers, man, come on. God, I sing on the worship team, come on, God. God, I cert, I cert, like, I, I've done that. And God said, this is happening because there's purpose in it. This is, don't get, don't focus, don't have your eyes focus on the predicament that you're in. Place your eyes and find out the purpose why you're in that situation. I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, he says, pass this cup, if you will. In other words, God, I understand that I may not want to be in this situation, but if it's your will for me to be in this situation, then I know that you're going to work things, all things for the good of those that love you. And there are things that are happening in your life, and you may be asking God some certain questions. And you're saying, God, why am I in this situation? Why am I in this predicament? Why is this, this situation is just very tense and very awkward. What if it's God trying to bring about something in your life? What if it's God trying to establish his purpose in your life? What if this is not just an obstacle, it's an opportunity? What if if this is not an enemy, it's an elevator? What if God just doesn't want you to be stuck where you're at, and so he allows things to come into your life to stir you up, to lead you back to him again? When I experience the grace of God, I I don't just see enemies. I see elevators because God is about to take me to a new place in him. When I see people through the eyes of grace, I understand that the obstacles are not really obstacles to deter me. They're opportunities for me to trust God, for me to grow, and for me to share the love of God with other people. And I also understand that even in the predicament that I am in, that there's purpose behind it. Because if I am a child of God, then I know that he is working all things for the good of those that love him. I wonder what Mal- Malchus's story was. What was Malchus's story? He doesn't have a significant role in the Bible. I mean, he, he's just mentioned this, 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 these times in the, in the Gospels, but, but I could just imagine in my crazy imagination, I could imagine him saying, I went to, I went to extend wrath to this man, but he extended love to me. I went to arrest him and put him in prison, but he captured me with his love. I went with weapons and with lanterns and with torches, but he came at me with a hand of love and restored my life. I went to kill him, but he came to restore my life. Where's my sword? I need my sword. This is my makeshift sword, y'all. Don't get scared. I was like, that's not a sword, that's a bat. He says, Peter, put down your sword. Put put down your sword, Peter. You know, we the state of this this country, you know, sometimes it's just like, what what's going on? Like, are you 
Are you ready to go to war, church? Because the devil is coming at us, church. Are you ready to? And sometimes in, in the political realm and even with the things that are happening with, with our police department and minorities, I say, well, what does the church do? Is the church going to walk around with swords cutting off people's ears? I just want to take Jesus' advice for a moment. And I don't want to destroy the Malchuses in my life. I don't want to destroy the Malchuses in this country. I want to extend grace to people even if they mean me harm. What do we do? What, is, what does the church do? The church says, I'm not going to pick up a sword to fight. I'm going to trust in every word that God says. And I'm not going to look to harm people. I'm not going to look to destroy people. I'm not going to look to return fire with fire. Well, what do we, what do, we do? Are we gonna, they talked about me, then I'm going to talk about them. They hit me, then I'm going to hit them. They made lies about me, then I'm going to lie about them. They said things that were true, but they weren't supposed They betrayed me, well, I'm going to betray them. No. God is saying, are you willing to see people through the eyes of grace? Are you willing to see people through the eyes of grace? What if we would see people with the eyes of grace? I promise you, the things that we have seen, the things that we have seen in this country, we would not see. What if we saw people with the eyes of grace and the eyes of compassion and the eyes of love? I'm tired of people getting their ears cut off in the name of Jesus. I am. There's too many Jesus followers cutting off people's ear and making them deaf to the message that God has for them. I don't want to be someone that's cutting someone's ear and making them deaf to the gospel because the gospel is not meant to destroy. The gospel is meant to restore. What if this becomes a church of not people that cut people's ears off and make them deaf to the message of God, but we just restore people's hearing and say, I know that others have offended you, others have hurt you, but let me introduce you to who Jesus really is. It's love. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes in this house? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.